And this is Quite Like, a podcast. Welcome, podcasters, to episode 17 of Quite Like, a podcast with me, Rory Forbes. And me, Tim Dedman. We are remote tonight, uh, this recording session, um, uh, powered by Zoom. Um, so we're hoping to Zoom through some uh, informative topical chat and content. Um we hope you enjoyed our last episode, which was kind of a, a little bit of a holiday special. It was certainly trailed by us as a holiday special. And I think Tim managed to contribute all of the holiday content. Um, so I might try and make some amends in conversation just now in terms of uh, what Jane and I were up to in our break. Um, but we also had a uh, an interesting interview, a quite a small interview for us, uh, or should I say for you, Tim, in terms of the length of time. That was either your pertinent to the point questioning or the fact that our, our interviewee Ian Mack from Vectis Radio only had a few minutes to spare for you on that particular day. Well, do you think that was just me batting out of my depth and coming up against a professional who knew how to manage his no, time? I, I think it was when you were in the sphere of a, the orbit of a professional, you became professional too. And we got a really punchy, you know, bang on the interesting salient points. Um, bit of speech content which uh, i certainly enjoyed listening to but what i think will come out of it is the content for the middle section of today's show and also perhaps something we'll pick up on is how we might develop that relationship going forward absolutely absolutely more of that later um because we had a holiday special before um i think we should probably just you know quick catch up on what we've been up to um, so we've both been on holiday, you know, in some detail where Tim uh, and his good lady wife, Ella, have been to Belgium, Holland, through France, through Channel Tunnel. Uh, Tim, are you missing your holiday coastal experience? So uh, I think you know, when you go on holiday, you, you often go to the seaside. Now, we're very fortunate that we live pretty much at the seaside, as do, as do you. So I don't think... The, the transition back to normal life is quite the same if I was living in rugby or we were both living in old shot yep, yep. Where, 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 you know, sand under your feet and seaside and so forth is a distant memory. Um, but I think probably the people in Belgium speak better English than uh, some of the people that, that we meet. Um, the, the, the whole country was so clean. Um, driving was very low stress. And we, there's lots of history, you know, clearly being an occupied country, their relationship with the world wars is very different to ours. And there's a lot of visible stuff and, you know, museums and monuments and so forth, which okay. we, we, we quite enjoy going to. Um, the, the, food, the, food, the food is good, basic, strong stuff. The Flemish language is impenetrable and the beer is strong. Uh, and the North Sea wind and beaches are beautiful, if a little bit chilly on occasion. So, yeah, I I, I, we had a great time. It, you miss it good. Yeah. I do get this impression of these um, uh, continental noir films uh, where you have a very moody coastal scape with foreboding clouds and long expanses of beach and sand dunes with the wind bristling the, the grass. Uh, in, in You're suggesting that gentle would be, caress. be suitable for Ella and I wandering around <laughs> looking at each other moodily like 
John Paul Belmondo and somebody and blowing smoke in each other's eyes and smoking golas. Yes, and en- enigmatically, um, well, probably her, her kicking me and so forth. <laughs> um, no, we, we, we had a good time. Lots of days out. Uh, anyone who knows me knows that I'm passionate about things like trams and trains. So, being able to ride sixty-five miles up and down the Belgian coast on a tram is pretty much my idea of a perfect rainy day holiday. So, one afternoon. Um, when it, it was raining and and Ella was probably feeling a little tired, I, I was banished with my um my ten trip card to the to the tram stop and happily rode all the way north to the far end of the line to knock a heist and and, and it, amble around in the rain. Yeah, lovely. Which made me very happy. And and if you want to hear more about that, podcasters, just tune into episode sixteen of Quite Like a Podcast, where Tim rambles on. At great length about the joys of the the Belgian coastal tram line, Thank which you. was indeed uh, very interesting, I have to say. I, really, I wasn't really building up to be uh, cheeky. <laughs> now, so tell us about your venture, which was um, sadly lacking from episode sixteen. Yeah, I mean, we 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 committed. Uh, those of you who listened to episode fifteen will have heard, and and the the start of episode sixteen, which we pre-recorded in advance because we were being great podcast professionals. Um, was the intent was that we would both record certain snippets and that that we would have, um, you know, some erudite commentary on what we were experiencing and we could share that with our our podcast friends. Um, We went back to a a much-loved holiday resort, a five-star all-inclusive place in Crete, um, just outside the town of Herthonathos, I hope I pronounced that correctly, um, which is to the east of Heraklion and to the west of Malia and Spinalonga and Agnik Agios Nikolaos, um, for the Greek aficionados out there. Um, always had a glorious holiday there, had a really good time, and we decided we'd go back. We hadn't had a holiday anywhere other than at home uh, since lockdown. So our last holiday was 2019. Obviously, 2020 was a washout and we've moved house and we spent a lot of time doing um, renovations on the house here. So that took up time and money. So we decided to go on a holiday back to somewhere we knew and loved. And whilst we broadly enjoyed the holiday, there were some massive changes that had been made to the resort hotel, which left us feeling a little bit underwhelmed, I should say. So I'm not going to name names about the resort because that would be unfair given this this TripAdvisor review. Um, some of it was surpassed. It was excellent, you know, top rate experience. They, it was five star. They had these a la carte restaurant options that you could you could book X number of nights for. And we did, and they were brilliant. We had the best food, the best service, the best views, looking out over the Cretan Sea as the sun came down. It was warm. It was balmy. Wine flowed. Um, we, we learned about a new liqueur as well called Mastica which we are determined now to get a, a bottle of here because it's absolutely gorgeous. It's pine resin flavoured liqueur. Um, very sweet, um, comes in shot glasses. Those of you who know Crete will be familiar with Raki, which is a slightly rougher, a grape-based liqueur, uh, which I love as well. But this Mastica, slightly more refined, slightly sweeter, more more of a liqueur than a, than a, an, a kind of a, a straight hit of alcohol. Um, so we were disappointed with some of the aspects of this resort. So that led me to perhaps be a bit underwhelmed in terms of my ability to perform reportage. I did attempt one piece, but I was in 
fundamentally underwhelmed by what I recorded and decided to hide behind technical difficulties. Um, so Crete, you must visit if you haven't been. It's glorious. It's got that mix of culture that Tim talked about in Belgium. It's got the heat. It's got the warmth and the Greek food, particularly a Greek salad and a plate of gyros, which is chicken or pork, pita bread, tajiki and a pile of fries. Very simple, fair, done well. It's absolutely gorgeous. And with a few beers, um, it washes down very well. Um, so we had an absolutely really a glorious time overall, but a slight hit and impact on the underwhelming uh, aspects of our previously anticipated experiences. But uh, we're debating going back anyway. Um, we'll just see if we can persuade them to improve the things that they have um, weren't as good as we'd previously expected. Or how was, experience how was the travelling? Travel is absolutely blissfully straightforward. We we ferried across the island. We drove to Gatwick. We stayed in the Premier Inn overnight. We got an early flight um, with two two airways direct from Gatwick to Heraklion. We got a coach transfer from Heraklion, and you know we, within about eight hours from getting up in the morning, we were on a sunbed by the pool, you know, drinking a beer and having something to eat. Um, very, very smooth, straightforward. About a four-hour flight from Gatwick to, actually three-and-a-half-hour flight from Gatwick to Heraklion, so pretty straightforward. And on the way back, Greek airports have a bit of a reputation for being a bit chaotic in terms of checking in luggage and security and so on. So we always opt for what's called a VIP upgrade service. And basically you get escorted from the coach right the way through check-in, baggage, security, locked in a lounge, um, pointed at the the fridges and the, the bars of sandwiches and cakes and things. And then they pick you up when your flight's called and basically march you to the gate um, past crowds of onlookers who wonder who you are because you're being escorted by someone in a high-vis jacket. Great experience. And I certainly recommend that for people who go to countries where airports are perhaps slightly uh, to be endured rather than enjoyed. Is, it, is that expensive? Um, we paid about... 45 euros each so no so not, not too bad no eight, 80 pounds 80 pounds something like that for the two of us to have that experience it just basically stops you worrying about missing your flight the first time we flew back out of crete back home we nearly missed our flight so the reason i'm interested is because our channel tunnel experience going out was superb yeah. um it was fast it was quick it it, it that sounds like a the line from Maria. Um, it was fast. It was quick. I made it easy on him, the man who shot Maria. Um, but it, it, it was just perfect, and straight onto the motorway. Coming back, coming back was not a nightmare, but was difficult and fraught. We, we arrived early because I'm always early for everything, and um, they offered us an early departure, so we said yes, please. So we went and got a coffee and a croissant. We we're back in our car in plenty of time. And then the board never went from pending you know your your train is ready uh, it then went immediately to last call you know drive as fast as you can so the whole contents of the train ended up trying to go through customs at the same time and, and everybody missed the train we ended up getting the one we should have been on but running late um which was just disappointing because yeah, we yeah. had such high expectations and we could have made better use of our time i think one of your your snippets on the last episode was about how joyous the the whole tunnel yeah. experience had been on the outward 
outbound, outbound journey portion, being parked in a carriage right by the toilets, which you didn't even use, but you were you were there. And the window, and the window, so you could <laughs> see the fish. So you could see the fish. One of one of my um, wife's former colleagues at school, no names, no pack drill, was convinced that the tunnel actually lay along the seabed, so you could actually see out and um, see shipwrecks and fish, like Nemo, I guess. So you, so you so you could actually watch, observe things on the seabed as you went across, and sadly that is not the case. Well, if Merlin Entertainment did cross-channel transportation, I'm sure it would be. Yeah. Well, even, we, even if it was a movie at the window. You could just have big screens, couldn't you, projecting <laughs> you? That's wonderful. You could point the children at it. Oh, look at the fish. <laughs> you probably move on from reminiscing about our holidays like old men looking back on the good, the good days. What else has happened on the island um, since we last recorded? Well, I, I think one of the major events that we've been on was you and your good lady attended the, the great white bite up at Northwood House. We did. And and I will talk about that. Is it true that you've taken out shares in a um, hostelry in, in the cows facility? It is, yeah. We we have, uh, since our last recording, which we may have indeed mentioned this particular establishment, which is the Garden on the High Street in Cows. Uh, we were there again just this past weekend having brunch and a coffee uh, in that order. Uh, we can't get enough of it. We think controversial point coming up now Tim we think and remember we promised our listeners a leaderboard um, which we'll have to pull our finger out on that particular one a leaderboard on the best coffee on the island I think the garden in cows is a candidate for the best cup of coffee on the island Um, certainly the brunch um, is stunning it's it's quite a bougied up brunch rather than fried bread it has fried focaccio um which is an absolute joy. It just you wouldn't want to stay that say that too late at night, would you? <laughs> <laughs> After too, too many of your Belgian beers, yeah. Or, or mastica. Or or indeed too many masticas, yes. Yeah, so. Mastica actually sounds sounds like some kind of industrial Greek glue. But... Glue. Well, that's what I thought. Are you sure? Have I heard that right? Have I? Has it got twenty-seven letters to make up the sound mastica? But no, it's actually spelled as it sounds phonetically. If, if we're if we if we're talking about hostelries, can I just give a little mention to the um, coffee bubble on uh, Sandown Esplanade? You can. Um, I think in a previous iteration they were a coffee van. You know where you have either a Volkswagen camper or a Citroen sort of cameo camion van where you turn it into into a coffee cart. Um, I, I believe that they used to be the coffee cart of that type, and we enjoyed their product at the Garlic Festival a couple of years ago. Anyway, they now have a permanent home on Sandown Esplanade, Shanklin side of the pier by the um, flats. And we had coffee and a cake today, really superb, very interesting menu, similar to that that you'd get at Wren's. So I suppose some of it is a little bit flashy and contemporary, but they all look to be things that, you know, you would want to try out. So we, we, we went in on a dog walk, had a quick coffee and a, shared a slice of cake, bergamot and poppy seed, sponge. Very nice it was. And we'll be tempted back to try the food offering. So another recommendation. How many seaside calves would offer a bergamot and what did you bergamot and rhubarb, was it? Did you say? Pop, poppy seed. Bergamot and poppy seed uh cake. Well I 
you see, you see I think that there's some there's some decent competition. Mm-hmm. So if you think about Wrens and the one that Shanklin in is it the Salix? I'm not sure if they're still going. But you know, there's some quite decent establishments in that neck of the woods. And of course, my perennial favourite being you know, a horny-handed son of the in the soil um, is pebbles, where you get a mean bacon and sausage sandwich during your early morning cycle. Like the rain, yes, yes, with and, a bit of black pudding, with the black pudding, but not to be eat the black pudding, but raining not, on the black pudding. Well, in, indeed, I, I, yeah, and they they have the big advantage of opening early, opening at seven, whereas some of these other upmarket establishments are a bit more nine o'clock, yeah. which is a bit too late. Right. Anyway, the the great white bite swiftly. Um, sure. Yeah, so I would say this is at Northwood House, just outside Cows, a beautiful setting, and essentially four different areas. Um, there was a kind of a drinking zone, so Pim's bars, uh, Mermaid Gin bars. Um, also, there was the Chef's Theatre, where you could go along and see, see, see Robert Thompson and so forth cooking, cooking meals. There was a food court which was probably the most popular bit with a sound stage so local bands are playing playing away very 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 good indeed and a lot of um uh food alternatives seafood they had a kind of a barbecue area where they were cooking salmon sides nailed to kind of scandinavian planks saw your pictures of this on online yes i think there may be there may be one on instagram but but a lot of it there was quite a lot of seafood which was good to see um burgers but very upmarket burgers so they, they were all doing a roaring trade and you know not not cheap but not ridiculously expensive so you know if you like going out for a good lunch it was absolutely heaving then there was an area which was crafts and food from the island so all of the usual suspects were there and a few of my friends like white smoke um isle of white tomatoes uh and some sundry others as well as the craft side sundry others does that include the white salt man (laughs) i didn't see the white salt man but um the fudge people were there right yes yes who else? Um, the local farm shop close to us. They they were there. Um, that Cheverton. Uh, Chever- Cheverton Farm. Farm, yep. Yeah. Uh, they were the event sponsor, I think, weren't they? Or one one of the they, they were sponsor. they were one of them. They they had a prime prime spot. Yeah, yeah. There was also a dog area. Ah. So as you know, there are a lot many dog owners on the island, and they. Oh, oh, are you not talking about tasting? You're you're talking about. <laughs> Providing that was in the Korean, to... that was in the Korean section. <laughs> yeah, sort of yakitori style. Dog. To old dog no. <laughs> yeah, no, this was more dog exercise. Very hot yeah, day, so they had lots of paddling pools for the dogs, oh, cool. lots of treats, and a few, you know, kind of obedience training schools and people, dog charities, and so forth. But it was just nice that they put a field aside so that the canine friends could go and chill out a little yeah, bit nice. and. Yeah, defecate in private, basically. One one of the reasons Jane and I didn't go was I think we've reported this before, so I'm not giving away any great personal secrets here. Is Jane's complete um, pathological aversion to anything resembling a village or church fate. So not uh, eating, do- not not about eating dogs, then. Not about eating dogs. No, she's she'd be pathologically objecting to that. I am sure. Um, how how close to a church fate did this feel, or how far away from a church fate? 
did it feel? It certainly had elements of that. So the, the food, the food, uh, yeah, the food stalls inevitably is a bit like a, a you know food market. So it has an element of that. I think you'd have quite enjoyed sitting down with the pins or a mermaid gin. That was quite at the more sophisticated yeah. end of the market. The food court was a food, you know, food court the world over, but it was pitched up market and, and you know, there was plenty of acceptable music going on. Mm. So I would say it was worth dipping the toe in yeah, and, yeah. you know, you, you'd, you'd manage it, but there, there were elements of fate, but not, not too mm. much. Yeah, sure. Go and have a chill, okay. listen to some good music, eat some good food, drink some coffee, some good coffee. And yeah. I guess the bonus, which meeting one of my food heroes, was meeting Mr. Fernley Whittingstall, who was performing a couple of spots in the chef's tent, but also, of course, was signing copies of his book, of which there were many thousands available. Um, so I, I cheekily asked for a selfie, and, of course, being a proper trooper, he was happy to oblige. Yeah, yeah. So... Um, you know, he, and what, what a thoroughly nice guy. He, yeah. he carried it off with aplomb and um, kept on smiling. And, Hopefully you know, he'll be back. A few, ni- few nice words and said he hoped the podcast was a success. Excellent, excellent. So quite like a podcast um, endorsed by Hugh Fernley Whittingstall. That's a great, a great line. We should we should use that in all our future marketing. On, on our merchandise. Perhaps he put it in the book. <laughs> Wonderful. Oh, I, I, I'm definitely sold. And I will do my very best. And I'm sure Jane has been persuaded by your eloquent portrayal of the experience. And um, I have heard word that they're, you know, they're booking up and scheduling for next year. So yeah, excellent. Good to hear. we Good shall to hear. see. We quite like that. So we should probably move on to our, our main event for this episode of the podcast. Um, we, well, actually, Tim, I think you've made a lot of the kind of the the moves and the shakes in this direction so i should probably let you you know introduce uh our collaboration with a a local radio station i happened to be on site at vectis radio uh, about a month ago i went in to say hello and the outcome was meeting ian mack who is the station manager, and having a quick chat, which was the subject of the last podcast. What came out of that was he asked Rory and myself if we'd like to come along and um, feature on his show and just basically be the subject of a chat for you know the, uh, an hour slot on, on Vectis. So we trooped along on a Wednesday and met him, spoke to him, and the link is available via Vectis. And we thought it would be worth putting that into this week's podcast. Um, And I guess the thing that we'll perhaps pick up on afterwards is the opportunities that this might give us going forward to do some exciting stuff. And whilst up until now we've been two men in a shed, essentially, um, whilst Vectis is community radio, it's playing to a – you know, a, a, an island with a population of 120,000 or whatever it is. And it is, it has quite a, a large following. So it, it carries an amount of influence. So we'll pick up on this. But clearly, if you can say that you're representing them, potentially the guests that we'd speak to, um, the profile perhaps changes a little. What, what, what came across to me in, in, what we're about to play this this interview it's about a, a 25 minute or so long um interview uh where we were interviewed by 
uh, Ian. And uh, listening back to this, I think we tend to do a lot of the talking, which uh, I think actually quite pleased him because he's really keen on having contributors who are quite comfortable talking into a microphone. And um, we've never been short of a thing or two to say, have we, Tim? Yeah, I, th I don't think he wants people switching off, though. That's the problem. Perhaps, <laughs> perhaps we could be on very late at night so that people can use it as a sleeping aid. Yes. We, we, what was that uh, programme in the eight, either 80s or 90s where it was Jack Killian was a um, an investigator who also had a radio programme um, where he moody saxophone music playing over uh, the titles and things. I'll have to remember what that programme was called. Nightcaller? Something Poss like that. Poss possibly. That sounds like a dodgy movie from the 70s. <laughs> yes. I, th I, think, I think we should play the interview. Let's play the interview and then we'll, we'll talk about it when we come back. This is Vectis Radio, FM 104.6. Wait for the drums. There they were, and that's the Isley Brothers. And uh, behind the uh, painted smile, it's 18 minutes after 12. You're listening to Vectis Radio. We've got a special guest in this lunchtime. It's, uh, let me think now, it's um, it, it's it's Rory. Rory, This yep. um, Afternoon Rory. Afternoon Ian, thanks for having us on. And also uh, Tim. It's Tim, isn't it? It is Ian, hi. Yeah, just move yourself a little bit closer to that microphone, Tim. It won't bite you. There we go. Although it did eat the last presenter that sat, sat that side. Oh dear. <laughs> uh, so how are you both? Very good. Well, very refreshed. I think both of us are just back from separate holidays, so uh, we don't go everywhere together, but we have been separate holidays. I've been in Crete for the last uh, week uh, with my other half. And uh, and I've been in Belgium. Yeah, only a mother can tell us apart. Eh, That's right, yes. Uh, so, so very relaxed. Here. So I, I, I've got to be honest with you, I'd rather go to Crete, but was the weather good? It was stunning. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely stunning. So temperatures up to sort of 28, 29, 30 one day. Oh, wow. Um, and a few days of cloud, but that was very welcome yeah. as, a, as a, a break from the incessant sun but absolutely gorgeous yeah. so I'm, I'm guessing you went to Belgium it's a bit more of a cultural holiday and, or beer holiday it sounds like could be. well I think you're making some judgments there yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm most put out by that he's we, a very good judge of character <laughs> yes yeah. possibly um, we, we went to my wife and I just before Covid and uh, had a wonderful time lots of history and as you say lots of beer lots of good walks on the coast lots of chance to ride the tram up and down and we went and did a load of places that we hadn't previously been to so we had a great time journey back was difficult but there you go I've seen the film in Bruges absolutely loved it and thought I want to go there so it is on the bucket list I do want to go there it is just like that it is all that kind of Flemish gothic scene it's, it's kind of got a little bit of a suspense running through it and of course the guys got together again to make the recent film something about Inishillin oh I didn't know is, that. that's the same two guys yeah that's the, is, is the Irish two Irish fellas yes it? yeah Yes, because they're um, uh, hitmen on layover after their last job goes wrong and they're told to go and sort of hang out in Bruges, aren't they? Yeah. Uh, yeah so, so the new film that got nominated for an Oscar and I think won a Golden Globe is it, called The Something of Inner Shilling. Oh, right. I'm okay. sure one of your uh, listeners will phone in and tell you the full title, but when you said remember. When you said it was just like the film, I thought, hello, what, you got people being chucked out of buildings and shot and stuff? You have to so watch <laughs> your head, I tell you. <laughs> you do. But then after a, after a couple of the Belgian beers you probably wouldn't notice <laughs> don't tell my wife though <laughs> now look, you guys have come in to talk about certain stuff but I want to ask how you are because uh, I know recently I mean you told the story out there I hope you don't mind me asking you about you had a heart attack recently I did um 
I was very fortunate. The island uh, medics, the um, ambulance service, were incredibly prompt, got to me in Rookley, where I live, in 15 minutes of the call. Um, they whipped me into the hospital, and luckily the consultants from Portsmouth were over that day in St Mary's, and I got my ambition of a hovercraft to ride across the Solent. Uh, your own personal hovercraft. My own personal hovercraft with my, my own life raft. So you're there basically having your heart attack on the gurney and they strap you into a little lilo. So if the uh, hovercraft sinks, you're left floating in the Solent for a super tanker to run you over. Um, but yeah, into Queen Alexandra and had a... Um, stent fitted by their highly expert staff and got home that was the Thursday I was home on the Monday and I've been in rehab since which is how I came to be in this building because downstairs is where they run stage three of the rehab training for heart patients so they get our hearts pumping with a bit of geriatric PT. Hi Stuart and everybody on the physio team I don't really mean it you're lovely. (laughs) How are you now? Um, I think the general view is I'm probably a bit better than I was before it started. I think imperceptibly you, your game is a little bit off and my wife said I was tired in the evenings and those things. And being men, we kind of don't take notice of the signs or don't really put the thing together. And I woke up one morning and it was happening. And I'm a diabetic and heart attacks present slightly different. You don't feel the great crushing pains and things. So it took me a little while to work out that I probably should take some action and my wife said phone 99 now jolly quickly I did um, they got to me they saved my life brilliant so can't speak highly enough for the people on the island and off the island in the NHS they need our support and one perhaps we'll go on to talk about it one of our interviews with, with, was with Victoria White head of the island ambulance service and I, my respect for her is without parallel well come on to the interviews in a minute because obviously that's, that's one of the reasons why, why you're here but I don't I, I think you're absolutely right I don't think our NHS gets enough credit no they really really don't and, and I'm just worried about you Rory because obviously you were thinking while he was having his heart attack thinking well, what am I going to do I'm going to need a new partner absolutely yeah well the, the, <laughs> we, we, we will explain this more in a moment as the conversation progresses but we do a podcast together which is where the interviews come from and it was the morning after we'd recorded an episode of our uh, our podcast so I was obviously thinking you know what stress did we put Tim under that caused him then to, to have the heart attack but uh, um, yes indeed looking for a new partner would be very difficult there's only one Tim and, yeah uh, he's uh, saying that now Tim yeah. <laughs> I think there's a lot of people out there saying that's probably a very good thing, actually. <laughs> uh, so how did the podcast come about? Well, um, Tim and I have known each other for pushing 25-plus yeah, years so. through family, through kids at the same school and so on. So we all got together and have pretty much stayed together ever since as pals. Um, we, When we get together, Tim and I tend to, I think you used the phrase earlier, shoot the breeze, we, we chat about things that blokes chat about you know whether holding a pint in their hand or a cup of coffee or delving into a cooked breakfast we've always got something to talk about current affairs you know culture art music Um, we always found ourselves sloping off to one side our wives would chat about what wives chat about and we chat about what blokes chat about of course what we chat about is way more interesting so we thought um, it actually took us many months to pluck up the courage to 
put all the bits together to determine we were going to do this. Um, and I think, Tim, you were the, the brute force that said, let's just do it rather than talk about doing it. So we decided that we'd record our conversations, um, you know, one-to-one effectively. Yeah, I think you probably have a perfectionist gene, which is very important, and you're also technically very skilled, but you like to get things right, yes. whereas I'm more of a, let's go and do it, and if it's 50%, well, we'll look at it afterwards and we'll do it 60% next time round, but let's do something, because otherwise we'll talk about yeah, it for, yeah. forever. So It's probably true of everything to do with life, isn't it? That if you start something, just start it and see what happens. If you plan it and nitpick and you know you end up not doing things because you're seeking something perfect before you start so I think the combination of us both and this was around Christmas lead up to Christmas it uh, was uh, turn of the year um, so we decided to do it so we literally sat down uh, one day I have all the toys in my home office which is in a, a loft conversion room at home I'm Tim's in Rookley I think he's mentioned already um, my wife and I live out in Totland Bay so we're out west um, so I've got a lovely loft room looking out over the the, the western approaches to the Solent um, we sat up there one day and we turned the microphones on and we started chatting and uh, there's certain parallels really because you've started a radio station we should be looking up to you because you know you, you've started something up that's endured and benefits the community and whilst I don't think we started, we, we, did, we always wanted to talk about the island and our island life. So meeting people on the island, talking about events that we go to and what's coming up and just being able to perhaps sometimes give the small people some extra profile was what it was all about for us. So... I don't think it was particularly conscious, but we wanted it... We, we, it's grown into a little bit of a community it, element, which yeah. we both like. And I think that developed, that grew. Yeah. So it started off as Rory and Tim chatting to each other, you know, a la the pub. Um, we... we pontificated long and hard about a name for it because you know you've got to promote it you've got to market it you've got to give yourself a, a hook to, to talk to um, and we, we there's a, a long backstory to this which I'll try and tell as quickly as I can we came up with the name Quite Like the spelling being the clever part Quite as in Isle of Wight we quite like we quite like lots of things we quite lots we quite like lots of things we want to talk about from cooked breakfasts to restaurants to bars to coffee shops to days out to scenic walks and views and so on um, so we thought let's use the term quite like to talk about things that are a love letter to the island if you like which the podcast effectively is and that, that gave us a kind of a framework for it so we we have kind of regular repeat subject areas that we we come back to probably the most prominent is the cooked breakfast um, Tim insists on calling it a full English some of you might detect my accent you know I think, of course, it should either be called a cooked breakfast or should, of course, be referred to as a full Scottish. Are you, are you Scottish, then? It has been recognised. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> After all this time. After all this well, time. I've got to be honest, Tim, I thought he was Irish. Well, you and me both here. <laughs> it's either Northern Irish or Scottish. And, so, and, and people say, well, I've, I've been down here 40 years. So, um, actually, no, it's more than 40, it's 45 years. They say, well, how have you kept your accent? Those that recognise an accent. And I just tell them I practice every night. So that I never lose it. <laughs> <laughs> of 
of course I don't. Of course I don't. <laughs> How wonderful! It's, uh, it's it's good to have you both in. And just in answer to your question, we, yes, we set up, but it's it's a similar thing. I, I believe that anybody can do what we're doing now. That is my that is my belief. That's always been my belief. It's just a case of people do it in front of microphones, and people are living it with a life now. Of of we've all got microphones. You've got a huge phone there, and 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 that is uh, you know how many times have you spark that up, and you're doing FaceTime and, yeah. and so on. Everybody's doing it. Everybody's doing it on the hoof, whereas years ago that phone would have been attached to a wall and you'd have had to sit out under the, on, on the stairs and, and talk. Everyone's talking. Yeah. And I say, I say, young people say to me, they say, oh, uh, how do you manage to talk so much? How do you manage to keep it going and find something to talk about? And I said, basically, do you get up in the morning and say, I've got nothing to say, I'm going back to bed? No. No, no one does that. So, and that's all it is. It's just, it's just box standard communication. I think the thing that's impressed me, though, most listening to a bit of Vectis over the last few weeks, has been some of the work you do with young people, with young adults. Um, I can't remember. He, I want to say that it was, the guy was called Ross. You um, got his name wrong. I kept getting it wrong, calling him Russ. <laughs> <laughs> this is a shout-out for you there, Ross. I, I heard Ross at the beginning of the hour, and um, he, he wanted him to introduce a record, and it, it was a tough ask for him, and he had a go. And by the end of the, um, the, the, the segment that he had done, he absolutely hit it. And I just think that, you know, the ultimate memory I take away of your work is doing things like that with, with him and giving him that confidence in his own ability because if you know if he can do this he'll be able to go to an interview he'll be able to speak up he'll be able to get a job you know his life potentially that's a changing moment really important thank you i mean it's it's a lovely thing to be able to see and be a part of it really is but i mean you know that's all his own work he did that i mean he he, you know he he put it all together you 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 just you just need to guide him in the right direction and that's and that's what happens so you guys have been only been doing interviews for a very short period of time well, so I, I'm a recruiter, I'm an HR manager in real life, so I guess interviewing people is what I've done for the last 20 or 30 years. And to be honest, I've always found that a pleasure because I just like people and like talking to them and hearing their story. So it's not really any different. R- Rory actually is probably as good or better at doing it, but because he picks up the technical bird and it just seems an even job discre- distribution that I, I, I've been the one behind the microphone. But um, we, we both like like people, don't we? We, do, we both like talking we to people. We're both communicators in our respective professional careers. Um, Tim's explained his background in HR recruitment, which has been broader career you've had yeah, in yeah. graduate development and, and selection, doing the milk round. Uh, <laughs> Happy days. Um, I, I've been in software all my career, so almost 40 years in software, and the largest part of that has been in sales. So all day, every day, you're talking to people, you're explaining, you're finding out about them and what the problem is, and then you are providing options for solutions as to how to fix their problem, hopefully using your software, which they will be biting your hand off to buy. <laughs> so um, you know, sitting in front of microphones, you know, in, in my industry, we do webinars all day, every day, even more so now since COVID and the lockdowns when everybody went from an office environment, stopped traveling to, to meet customers and started doing it online. So, um, you know, speaking to a microphone, as you mentioned earlier, is kind of second nature to us and talking to groups of people is second nature. Unlike time management, where I think we need to go back to to 101, because um, we usually start out saying, right, we're going to do 45 minutes for this podcast, and an hour and a half later we're looking at each other, thinking who's going to have the last word. Tim's looking at me saying, how much have we done? What does your indicator say on the screen? And uh, Well, you've you got 12 minutes left, all right? <laughs> 
12 minutes. No, no, no problem, Ian. <laughs> 12 minutes and he cut off. I like that we go into a commercial break, OK? <laughs> yeah, of course. Uh, so so who, was, who was the first person you actually interviewed? Um, it was, and I'm really proud to say this, was Kirsty in the Better Days Cafe in Ventnor. So if you're listening out, out there in Ventnorland, hi, Kirsty and team. Um, they're a warm space who run a cafe which works for people as an ordinary cafe but you can equally go in and ask for the house special and get free food free toast free soup free free meal um they do children's clubs they get they're beginning to get some funding they're in their sort of second year so charitable status is just being formalized now that they've got the proper figures she has an army of volunteers uh, they're in the building next to tesco's royal help me with the name of the road high street it is the high street in ventnor which never seems like it should be the high street because it's kind of around the back but, but anyway is, yeah. yeah next to the tesco's in the building that used to be the commercial pub oh. um and they encourage people to come in play chess have a chat very friendly atmosphere very dog friendly and my wife and i started out by making soup so we 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 try and make a um vessel of soup every week or so drop it in and they distribute that as well as lots of other things that they make they also take um trainees so a bit like ross they'll come in they'll work on the till they'll learn how to make cakes they'll um help keep the cafe clean and they're given their first you know first job people who perhaps otherwise struggle to get into the world of employment and she has an incredible team of support behind her they've just been over to the mainland actually for one of the community awards they didn't win but i think getting nominated um BBC was it really important? Song, I think if I'd like to mention competitive uh, stations. Yeah, no, yeah. It's, it's, I mean, it's brilliant. I, I, I'm aware of the work that they do, and I, I, I think they do incredible work. And I think, you know, sadly, there's a lot of uh, places like that have, that have had to sort of, not had to, but they popped up. Mm. And uh, you, you think in this day and age you shouldn't need to have that, but but we have. But thank goodness, for the, you know, they are doing things. Yeah. And, you know, they're just one of so many that are, are doing fantastic work in the community. And long may it continue. And, and it gave us some very interesting podcast content as well, not just the interview, which was Tim's inaugural uh, interview out on the road, um, but also gave us a segment that we had Soup of the Week. So I would be able to say, so Tim, what's this week's soup? And Tim would say, well, Rory, this week's soup is... Yes, Tomato, that, that um, died a death after a, a couple of weeks. So we, we then robbed Ken Bruce um, with Popmeister. Yes. Perhaps that's a story for after the adverts. <laughs> <laughs> We'd open a can of pop on, yeah. on, 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 on the podcast and ask our listeners to identify what it was, having not possibly got a clue. But we didn't want to use the Popmaster word. We, we, you can, so, yeah, we get a, a can of tonic water. Well, the first one was Iron Brew, wasn't it? It was an Iron Brew, yes. Obviously because of my non-Scottish connections. Yeah, well, indeed. We couldn't find a Northern Irish yeah. drink. So just opening a can of Iron Brew as close to the microphone as you could and then pouring it over a glass of ice so you got the whole bubble effect. Uh, I think after Irish the heart drink. attack we went with a non-alcoholic we did. Guinness, didn't we? Yes. Which was a tough one. Yes. Right, OK. <laughs> So, who else have you interviewed over the over the last few months? So, I think I think the the best ones have probably been the last few. So, um, but vi- before before you go on to go on. the best ones, again, one of your early you ones. Say the worst ones. No, 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 no. One of your early ones, Tim, was um, a guy called Paul Berry, who's one of the oh. three three lads that is doing the mermaid rowing. Mermaid ah, Atlantic. Right. Yes. Challenge. Yeah. So, I mean, both my family, Tim's family, spent a lot of time in Ventnor. Tim has a summer beach hut on the front 
at okay. Ventnor, um, so knows the, the family really well because Paul and his wife run the, uh, the catering uh, on, on the, the old hut platform. And um, so Paul was very happy to do a promotional interview for, for the, uh, the, the, th- the guys who are going to risk everything rowing across the Atlantic for charity, um, which is Paul from Ventnor, Blake's longshoreman, um, a guy from the Mermaid Gin. Uh, and Goddard's, yeah. And, and Goddard's. And then and the, the other guy, surfers. I surf. Yes, I surf. Yeah. So that was our first one. So that, again, was quite high profile for yeah, us. Yeah, sure. Kind of literally back bedroom uh, podcasters. But there are, there are um, uh, some amazing people here on the island, yeah. isn't there? I mean, yeah. you, you don't have to go. I mean, lots of people think, oh, uh, interviews, let's get some celebrities in. And you think, yeah, they're just plugging a book or a film they might be in. But yeah. you, you meet some real cracking people here on the Isle of Wight that are doing amazing yeah. things. Fascinating stories, you mm. know, lovely people. But more recently, I mean, your confidence has grown and grown. And um, he's got slicker and slicker at the kind of the old interview technique. I mean, I call him Scoop Deadman because he manages to tease things out of people. So you've done uh, Victoria White from the Iowa Ambulance, you mentioned Harriet Hadfield, who um, has her own podcast called Island Stories. Stories, yes. Um, so we thought it was a bit of a coup to try and persuade another podcaster to come on a, yeah. dare I say it, competitive podcast. One of our children had told us this myth that if you get to your, was it your 13th podcast or maybe your 14th, it meant that you'd kind of reached tipping point and you'd continue forever, basically. But if, you, if everyone else failed before they got to 13, so we thought that Harriet should be the one that kind of tipped us. It was also, I think, the day, day after or maybe two days after the selection meeting for the Tory candidate for the new East White constituency, which she was in the running with three yeah, others. Yeah. And so she, she lost out. So we were fairly early to hear the, for her the sad news that she hadn't got the um, nomination and the council guy had. Um, she'd also, her, her and her partner, had just opened the Halland um, Gallery and Wine Shop in beautiful Seaview. So there you go, Harriet. There's, there's a plug for, plug for you and your business. And you should, you should tell the story about uh, when, you know, something went crashing or was about to fall on the floor and, and, no, you, and you did your best impression of David Seaman. Harriet, everything that's going to be said about the podcast is in the podcast. Ian's not going to use his wily professional skills <laughs> to tempt me to say that. Someone else we perhaps should mention who's right at the other end of the scale is my friend Drew. Or Andrew. Oh, yeah. um, do you know Firestone Cops near Wootton? Yes. Lovely yeah. dog walking area. So my wife and I often plod around um, with our spaniel Parker. Hello, Parker. Um, and indeed. And Rory's got, Rory's got a sound we've effect. We've done that exactly. My wife calling Parker, but that's again for another day. Um, but Drew has the coffee concession from Forestry England in the car park and is the most lovely guy and makes great coffee. So he has quite a following of people, dog walkers who go over, meet, sit with Drew for half an hour, have a coffee, walk the dog, come back, have another coffee, and so forth. And he, he gave us a chat about his ambitions and he's a He's a lovely man doing a nice little community service. And yeah, his ambition is to have a little coffee shop in, in, in Newport, perhaps doing a bit of food business. And yeah, just a nice story of somebody island born doing the right thing in the community. And again, we quite like that kind of story, which is why we go and mm. seek out these kind of people because we, yep. we, want, to, we want to share it. Yeah. Who's, who's on the hit list now then? So. 
as I said to you, I think we'd like to do white salt. Uh, I met, uh, I think it's Simon at the Garlic Festival, and he said yes, and we're just trying to arrange a date. The one that I'd really like to get, um, and I know that she's incredibly busy, is um, Vix Lothian, the Green Party candidate. And you and I talked a little bit the other day about you interviewing the political candidates before the last election. So yeah, that's be... too much. <laughs> I didn't enjoy that at all. <laughs> well, perhaps that's something I could take off your hands. I'd love to yes, do that. Yes, please. <laughs> I, I think that there's also a whole range of the kind of enterprises that have got a charitable nature but also a commercial. So Isle of Wight Steam Railway, for example, I think probably have got an interesting story because they're constantly growing, they're very successful, they make, they do well with bids from lottery funding and things. Um, who else did I have on the list? Well, the, the, the guy that just left... <laughs> He's on the list. Yeah, he is. No, actually, I've got he's, uh, he's on the hit list. Steve. Steve Taylor from the Military Museum. Yep, so he said he would do one, so we, we can certainly do him. Of course, the original plan, when I came down and spoke to your colleague, Dan, was actually to do a certain Ian Mack. Because we thought you had a story to tell, but we got a few minutes out of you last time, which I think goes <laughs> yeah. out on Saturday. Turn, can you ever turn the tables on an interview? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Just about to. <laughs> Somebody from the council, maybe? Uh, Ivy Council. I mean, somebody, go on. Who's it? I, mean, I, I, I don't know enough. You, you did a superb one with the head of, I think it was adult social services. Yes, lady. Yeah. A little while ago. Very, very, very good. Very interesting. Very well spoken. Without being too media savvy, media trained. Just you know, honest and mm. down to earth. Yeah. 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 Do you know? Do you know? What I think it'd be really, really interesting. And I, I don't know whether she'd be up for it because because I, I think. And this is why I, don't, I just don't like politics because it's nasty. It's got really nasty I've lived on the island all my life apart from the six months I lived in Aden but I've grown up with knowing councillors and so on and years ago they were more respectful it's only in the last 10 years since and I'm sorry I'm going to I'm going to name and shame since the David Pugh era it got really nasty and it has been ever since. And I was talking to uh, uh, Laura P.C. Wilcox, who is our recent leader, and now she's not. Phil Jordan's taken over. Mm-hmm. And I would imagine she's got an incredible story to tell, but I don't suppose she'd want to tell it just yet because it's probably too, it's still too fresh in there. You know, it, it, it probably hurts quite a bit, purely and simply because all of this stuff comes out um, and everyone's, it's public and all of this all these people get involved and yeah. start making comments and no no one ever cares about the comments that are being made at people and and you know they've got family they've got yeah. feelings and well, so on politicians they have have you know until you become a professional politician and you earn a wage from your your role and maybe some of the councillors do get a kind of expenses allowances which are quite generous but fundamentally most the vast majority of politicians are volunteers they are giving their time to put something back into the community to try and fix something to try and make things better um, and yes you'll have disagreements about political philosophy and you know should we go this way or that way um, but fundamentally they're all there for good intentions now you also get politicians who might be there because they see an opportunity for self-serving benefit that they can influence and manipulate and yeah i'd like to see the back of that yeah, somehow i would the way i see it now is I, I look at politicians especially here on the island i think they've all got the island's best interests at heart so i, I imagine them on a car journey and they're driving separately and they're, and they're driving and they're cutting everybody up and so on to try and get to that spot first before anyone else. And I say, get in the same car. 
get in the same car, take the journey and work together. A government of national unity or island unity, uh, yeah, that, that would be nirvana for me because for me, I, I, I'm Tim and we talk politics on our podcast. Um, so quite like a podcast, we do stumble across controversial topics from time to time. Um, but we always manage to discuss, even if we disagree on something, which isn't that often, there's a few topics we do disagree on oh. fairly substantially, but we have good-natured conversations so, about so it. So shouldn't we steal the line from the best podcasters of them all, disagree agreeably? Yeah, absolutely, yes. This is Alistair Campbell and um, Rory Stewart, we both like on them, the rest is the politics. Rest is politics yeah. I, th I think one of the things that dismay, I mean two things, th there's a short-termism crept in, and we've seen that this week with, you know, all this debate about HS2 and several other things where, you know, we, and the green agenda, we're just disinvesting and backing away, and which for companies makes it impossible to plan. Well, companies have made that quite clear. Well, <laughs> yes, indeed happy. they have, and that may well be the thing that, you know, sort of changes the political horizon. I think the other thing is the rise of the, the professional politician, those who know nothing but politics. You know, back in the day, people had had another career. They'd been a miner, they'd been an industrialist. You know, people like Dennis Healy and Ted Heath had actually fought in the, at the end of the war. They'd had active service roles that informed their political career and kind of moderated mm -hmm. them. Now, they've come out of university, they've been a special advisor and they go straight into politics. And Here's a controversial view. A, a colleague of mine who I don't work with anymore, who uh, he and I used to have very heated debates about politics with, he, he once said nobody should be allowed to vote until they're 50 years old <laughs> because how can they possibly know what they're voting for? They've got not enough. I, I didn't agree with him, but it was a view and an opinion. There's not enough life experience, so it kind of builds on. I, I'm kind of with him. Mm. I, I, you know, I, I just when you hear some of the people that are, are voting and their views and the reasons why, I just mm. think, are you, really? Yeah. Are you sure? I mean, anyway, let, let's get off politics. Yes. It really stresses me out. I'm guessing it does everybody else at the moment. Um, we've run out of time, Tim. So we, we've got to go into a commercial break, play some tunes up before one o'clock. Is there anything else you want to say before you go? We've enjoyed this very much indeed. It's lovely to meet you and to see the great work that you and everybody at Vectis are doing. Um, you've certainly changed my listening habits, so I listen in more. Um, I just hope that we can do some stuff that will be of interest to you in the future because I think, reciprocally, the Vectis name will help us to get better interviews. You know, with, with the odd call and help from you, we'll probably get better and more interesting people. Not better, but we'll just get a, a different broader, level, a broader, broader, range. broader range of interviewing. Mm. Fantastic. I mean, meantime, is it okay to say uh, to people out there who listen to podcasts if they haven't heard quite like a podcast go to wherever you get your podcast from and type in quite as in the isle of white q w i g h t like a podcast and you'll find us brilliant no it's, it's okay to do it. he's cheeky isn't he tim he's cheeky oh we love hey look it's great to see you in the studio and i really really hope that you'll be on vectus radio a lot in the future we're going to work this out and uh it's gonna we're gonna make it happen so uh you know thank you for coming in it's good to meet you both. thanks for having us right. well that was our uh i hope that wasn't our only moment of fame tim but it certainly felt like a moment of fame um we certainly got more than five minutes as well, which was great. We did, we did, um, and it'd be interesting to analyse the percentage of um, conversation from the interviewer compared to the percentage from the interviewees. But well, hopefully, he wasn't too shell shocked. Uh, Jane certainly commented that the poor guy didn't get a word in edgeways. How, how did you feel about the experience? I really enjoyed it. I, I enjoyed 
the fact that we were able to talk about ourselves to an interested party. Um, I hope there's some interest amongst his audience as well. But it, it, it's always cathartic to be in an environment where you talk about yourself and what you've been doing, your projects and your your, your views on things. So I, I enjoyed that aspect of it. I also enjoyed the fact that we were making radio as well. That that felt quite a nice thing to be doing. Cheaper than therapy. What did you think about what did you think about the tech? The tech, um no, interesting. The tech was obviously incredibly impressive. Um when when we first went into the studio, just giving away dark secrets of uh, uh, how radio is produced, uh, we went into the the, the office, into the, the main office, and the studio was at the far one of the studios was at the far end, um, and Ian came out or Maka came out of the studio, and then all sorts of things started happening whilst we were talking to him, and we looked over his shoulder, and I, I think I asked him, "Who's pressing the buttons then, Ian?" He said, "Oh no no no, there's no one pressing buttons. It's all automated. I just set up." things in order and bang 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 they are queued up and played on demand whether it's adverts or the news feed or a link to a news service and so on songs tracks which actually takes me back to my days as a party mobile disco dj the dj rocks the dj rolls the dj roars um just me um that's quite quite catchy it, it, it it had its moments um back on the scene in Aldershot in the the, the mid-2000s. Um, but we, I think I was impressed with the kind of the experience of the technology. A lot of the technology looked quite basic in terms of uh, wooden encased panels with all the gadgets and the switchers and the faders and so on. There wasn't an awful lot of space age tech on display, but the tech produced a really good quality audio experience. So I, I was overall impressed. What Rory hasn't said is that Ian was actually testing out a new Hoover on on the office while we were actually theoretically on his show, but was actually giving this thing the once over to see whether it actually. And it, it was a, bit, a little bit surreal to me, somebody non-tech. Um, the, 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 the news was being read, the adverts were rolling, the weather was done, and we'd gone into a, the first couple of tracks. And my disappointment was I thought we were going to get to choose the music and probably thought that we'd see the turntables, but sadly, no. No, no. No, it was, uh, it was much more modern in that respect than uh, there certainly wasn't... Um, Nicey and Smiley. What was the name? Yes, or sm- Smashy and Nicey. Smashy and Nicey. Yeah, you know, they weren't sat there. Um, Ian wasn't sat there, you know, grinning. And um, although he had a very, very strong radio voice, that came across his bass baritone. Well, in, in our case, probably Alan Partridge. <laughs> well, us, us two amateurs of, of the craft. But again, another big takeaway for me was the fact that Ian was very keen to potentially collaborate with us. And, and I think that's probably the next important thing we should say about the experience. So what next? What next do you think? Well, Ian's very keen for us to continue our uh, work with interviewing local interesting people. And he's very happy to perhaps use the word, we should use the word syndicate, take our interviews and play them out on his station. Um, We'll play them out on our podcast, of course, but also also play them out on our station. Um, I think that's probably the next step for us because he is very keen to have what he called speech content um, 
uh, enhanced on the station. He has a lot of music. He has a lot of kind of multi-fat. The, the, the show that followed Ian's show where he interviewed us, uh, I listened to that. Uh, during the afternoon and there was a lot of kind of games and fun facts and kind of snippets of things but it wasn't dare i say it, serious chat if anyone can call what we do is serious chat but i think ian certainly sees a value in conversations um on, on the station and uh, um, i think he's listened to our podcast he's listened to us um he's met you a couple of times now and particularly on the interview side, he's really keen to see if that can be something that we develop a regular collaboration, which I think we should. So cheap content, really. Uh, Indeed. and uh, We're enthusiastic amateurs. We've always said that, you know, we're we're doing this for fun. I think I heard you use the phrase just now, this is cheaper than therapy, which I think was a phrase Ella Ella coined. Um, We enjoy immensely what we're doing, chatting to each other and hopefully chatting to a a growing audience out there. Um, If we can grow our audience further, even better. And uh, if we can, uh, as you've always said, Tim, if we can do something for the good of the community and, and, you know, play a role in the wider community, that is something that, you know, we would both aspire to doing. So I guess our message is watch this space. I I think the one big takeaway is that the Vectis radio name, whilst being a small island community station, does have decent coverage. So potentially, better interviews i guess so let's see see where it goes and hopefully by the time that we next do one we'll have um a better candidate or more candidates well, i think i think we just watch this space or listen to this space i think more more correctly we should say watch our instagram postings but listen to this this uh, uh podcast uh channel we you know we're teeing up um more and more interviews you know to fill the podcast, but also to, um, uh, you know, fill the collaboration venture that we're going to undertake with Ian and his colleagues. Um, and having some more well-known local personalities, um, as well as, you know, dare we say, ordinary people who are doing great and wonderful things in the community. Um, that's what we're all about. We want to talk to as many people as possible from all strata in society and, uh, um, you know, well-known or otherwise, um, and get their stories out there on the airwaves so that we can all hear about what they're up to. So uh, lots more to come on this collaboration with Quite Like a Podcast and Vectus Radio, available at 104.6 FM and online. Agreed. Now, just before we finish, what else do we want to flag up for our listeners before we go? I, I think we are recording in the middle of the party conference season here in the UK. So there's a lot of politics. To, there's a lot of politics happening almost minute by minute at the moment. We're recording on Wednesday evening. Rishi Sunak's done a keynote speech to the Tory party conference today. That's set all sorts of rabbits racing. We're not going to talk about that now. Um, but I think our next episode um, should have a, a, f- a further political content based around what goes on at the party conferences. But also, um, there is a small matter of a by-election. Regular listeners will know that we occasionally return to the subject of Scottish independence, Scotland's right to self-determination as a free and independent nation in the future. And there is a really important acid test of, you know, what the likely temperature is around this issue and the desire for independence or not. The SNP have uh, lost their... Uh, MP through one of the COVID scandals, um, Margaret Ferrier, who uh, was recalled and subsequently 
lost her seat. So the by-election is tomorrow, Thursday the 5th of October in Rutherglen and Hamilton West. I will be glued to my TV screens tomorrow evening, uh, listening to the the Dimbleby-esque tones of the return. I'm not sure when the count is, whether the count's tomorrow night or during Friday. But uh, before we record the next uh, episode, we'll, we'll have the result of that and lots to talk about, I'm sure. That was going to be one of my questions is sometimes where you've got a highly disparate community, the results, particularly in Scotland, take a while to come through. Do we know if this is one that re- reports fairly quickly or whether it, just because of geographic disbursement, it takes a month for the result to come in on, on the donkeys? For MI5 to collect the ballot boxes and distribute them back to the counting station, you mean? Always best to be secure, Rory. <laughs> <laughs> I, I believe that Rutherglen and Hamilton are relatively urban areas, just south of Glasgow. So I think it's there's no, we're not having to wait for ferries and uh, sheep to carry the ballot boxes across the moors uh, to the. So country. by the morning, then by the morning, uh, be a reasonable expectation. I think by Friday evening, latest. Probably okay. Friday afternoon latest. We should know. Very good. So what we'll else? What else is back. coming up? What's coming up on the island? Um, I think we do. We have another beer festival coming any up. day now. I think two weeks. Is it two Steam, weeks ago? Ooh. I think so. Steam beer festival. Steam beer festival. So um, I think I'd be very chuffed, if you pardon the pun, if I was able to make it there. Albeit my pre-diabetic um, fitness and healthy eating and well-being program will probably allow me uh, a, a break in the rigours of the process to enjoy myself. Maybe a few halves. Of- I'm going to say, if we, we drink just twice as many halves, that would be better. <laughs> you you actually last time, you actually last time got me to try Titanic Brewery Plum, Plum Porter. I've become as addicted as I possibly can become to any, anything. It's incredible. It's gorgeous. Absolutely gorgeous. And, you know, I've had Plum Porters at other real ale festivals in the past in other locations, the Farnham Beer X in, in Farnham and Surrey, very close to Aldershot where we used to live. Um, Plum Porters first had at that Beer X, I'm not sure if it was Titanic Breweries or another brewery, but I should have remembered. Um, I probably had too many of them by the time to remember what it was at the end of the evening, but absolutely glorious pint. Um, sweet, but not too sweet. Um, dark, but not too dark and, and just satisfying. Just plummy. Just plummy, yeah. A plum porter. A plum you, plum porter. You you can just taste Stoke-on-Trent, in my view. I went to Stoke-on-Trent for a funeral not that long ago, and it was wet and grey, as it probably should be on a on a funeral. Um, I thought you mentioned Stoke-on-Trent. Um, uh, so there is one available on the island. I think it's Yates or maybe the Island Brewery who actually do a plum porter. Plum porter right. That's Having nice. said that, the ones I've tried, the Titanic one is head Superior. and shoulders right. the best yeah. from Burselm in Stoke. You okay. heard it here on Quite Like a Podcast. Yes, so indeed. I, what I else? That, that's that's all I'm aware of myself. Have you got anything that you're? Ooh, I've got a couple more. I think the li- the liter- the literary festival. I the White Literary Festival, of course. No, I think I think that may be this weekend. Northwood House, an all-star cast, some with island connections, some not. But I'm sure the great and the good will be there. All roads lead to Northwood. They, they do. Well, it's it's kind of at that top of the island, isn't it, where the two halves of the Medina, the two sides of the Medina kind of 
gently converge on each other, if that's the The two halves that shall never meet. Indeed, indeed. Certainly not by a fixed link, coming back to tunnels and... This is true. Tunnels versus ferries. And let's not talk about the floating bridge. Um, Can I I add one more before you go on? Because I've just remembered about... Yes, of course. Radio 4, Gardener's Question Time, was recorded last night at the Freshwater Memorial Hall. Were you in the audience? Were you in the Uh, audience? No, uh, by the time we knew about it, having been away on holiday, by the time we knew about it, all tickets were sold out. So there's 200 people in the audience and they've got two programmes out of this. First programme is being broadcast on the 13th of October. So set a reminder on your phones, folks. Um, It looked to be, I've seen a picture of the audience, a lot of grey hairs, a lot of pink heads. So I'm sure there's a lot of gardening knowledge from all the retired pensioners of the West White and uh, a lot of information will be shared. That'll be very interesting because the the island does have different climatic conditions and things are earlier than on the mainland. So I I bet that'll be an interesting one. We're we're already learning very much because we're kind of front row from the gales that come in from the Atlantic that sweep across the island. We kind tend to get hit first. The needles first, then our house in Totland Bay. Um, salt spray has killed a number of the plants that we brought with us from the mainland. Um, so we're gradually adapting what we plant in different locations in the garden to cope with the the, um, the conditions here. So uh, on that same sort of subject, um, in our raised beds, we, we, we grew marrows this year. And I had the marrow that defies all understanding. So bringing back a feature that we had a few few months ago, um, today was the first day back making soup for the Better Days Cafe. Ah. Hi, Kirsty. What's the soup this week, Tim? It was spicy marrow. Oh. Made from the marrow that defies all understanding because it was so big. Size isn't everything, of course. What was the flavour like? It is in the marrow world. Well, I think that's the point about marrows. They don't really taste of anything, however big or small they are. So, um, you know, it had things like curry powder and coconut milk and coriander in it to boost boost it up. And it was actually really quite nice. It could have been, you know, it could have been anything vegetable, to be honest. But it was a nice way of passing a 10 minutes soup interlude. Yeah, good, good, good. Super. I have... A couple more to mention. A couple more, yeah, a few more notices. Um, okay, I'll, I'll is, give you two more notices before we have to call an end, I think. It's a bit like being in church, really, isn't it, when you read the notices at the end. So did you know that we have a Comic-Con on the island? I know that we have a comic cafe. Yep, well, this yeah. is a Comic-Con right. where you get to dress up as Harley Quinn or whoever it is that you see. I think you were suggesting that I perhaps could go as one of the crew of the Starship Enterprise. I think so, yes. Um, Podcasters, the the media of podcasting doesn't lend itself to visual um, cues. So um, Tim is sat wearing his cosplay outfit um, as Scotty, the engineer in Star Trek. A photograph will be going up onto Instagram in advance of the... uh, uh, publication of this episode of Quite Like a Podcast uh, for you to make your own judgment on that. She cannot take it, Captain. She cannot take power. it. <laughs> um, coming the lithium crystals. <laughs> they're drained, Captain. They're drained. Um, coming, coming to the Medina um, Theatre 
on, I think it's October the 21st. So, you know, if, if you're into uh, getting the signatures of, of, for selfies with the great and the good of the cinema and television world, that is a date for your diary. Finally, and one that Rory has been invited to, um, Pink Floyd tribute band, again, coming to the Medina uh, in May. So it looks like my brother-in-law may be making a pilgrimage over from Fleet, hopefully, and we plan, plan to be there rocking the night away. So if Rory is keen, he can pin his colours to the mouth. I, I, I think I, I honestly expressed to you when we discussed this the other evening that Pink Floyd is a band that, barring one album with a titular movie of the same name, Another Brick in the Wall, I never really got into. And I think that's probably my bad rather than anything that they've done wrong. Um, I have a business connection in the past with the drummer, Nick. Nick Ma Mason. Mason, thank you, yeah. Um, uh, which I'm bound by commercial confidence uh, in terms of explaining any more about that. But uh, yeah, he he's a nice guy. He's a nice guy. So a big car collection. Avid I, I believe he has cars. a sort of stately home somewhere in the southeast, and he opens that up for a weekend or two every year, so people can go and rub his Bentley, so to speak. And on that note, podcasters, we we should probably leave it. I I, I wind my brother up about his. Um, primary hobby which he's an avid collector of classic cars and if he's had a busy weekend i say well how, how many chrome bumpers have you polished this weekend he's decided that it's a euphemism now for something else uh to do with his love life but uh, um, i'm seriously just referring to his collection of cars that he maintains it does sound like it should be a viz annual title doesn't it the chrome bumper polisher <laughs> that makes it even worse <laughs> i see what you did there i like it I like it. Well, I think go on. No, no, I, I think, um, well, on that note, it's probably good night from him. And good night from me. Good night, podcasters. We'll see you next time. See you soon. That was Quite Like, a podcast presented by Rory Forbes and Tim Deppin.